Welcome everyone, my name is Sausan Kadura and you are listening to Under the Olive Tree. With me on the phone, Toronto-based activist Cheryl Nestle. Cheryl is a member of the National Steering Committee of IJV Canada. IJV stands for Independent Jewish Voices Canada. Cheryl is also the chair of the No IHRA Committee. No IHRA is a new campaign that IJV Canada started to urge people to opposed the adoption of a new redefinition of anti-Semitism that was put forward recently by the IHRA organizations. IHRA stands for International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. So to better understand what I'm talking about, IJV Canada is hosting very soon on November 17 a webinar about this new IHRA redefinition of anti-Semitism. So Cheryl is with us on the phone to talk more about it. Thank you, Cheryl, for joining me today. Oh, it's great to be with you. So as I mentioned, you are a member of IJV Canada. Before we talk about the webinar itself, can you talk about the organization? Sure. So IJV is a... Uh, it is a Jewish Palestine solidarity organization. Uh, we have been around for the last 11 years. We recently had our, last year we had our 10-year anniversary conference. Um, we, we believe we are the biggest Palestine solidarity organization in Canada. Um, and uh, we have about 1,000 members. Uh, and we have chapters in, I believe nine cities and seven campuses there may be more i should have checked before i got on but uh <laughs> we do have rep- we, in every major canadian city we have a chapter and in many many universities we have chapters uh yeah and we do all kinds of different work including opposing the ihra so as i mentioned you guys are organizing a webinar for november 17 the webinar is called what's wrong with the new ihra redefinition of anti-semitism so why did you guys decide to do a webinar about the ihra definition if you can talk to us about what is this definition and why people need to know more about it and to discuss it sure this came up about in 2016 uh this definition uh, was passed by the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, um, which is an international body um, which just functions separately. Canada has a delegate on this. Um, and in 2016, they passed this definition, which had been kicking around for quite a long time um, in, in a committee in the European um, Union, uh, which kind of dropped it after a while, but this got picked up. Uh, and pass. And I, I'll read you the definition because it, it's extremely vague. You'll see how vague it is. And, and then I'll go on to tell you why we oppose it. So the definition is anti-Semitism is a certain perception of Jews, which may be expressed as hatred toward Jews. Rhetorical and physical manifestations of anti-Semitism are directed toward Jewish or non-Jewish individuals and or their property, toward Jewish community institutions and religious facilities. Um, now, that may sound uh, kind of innocuous, but the problem with it is that appended to it 
are 11 examples of anti-Semitism, seven of which involve criticism of Israel. And I, I just want to stop myself and say something very important, and that is that anti-Semitism is a real problem. We're not intending to undermine the struggle against anti-Semitism, because we've seen many instances, you know, the most egregious of which was the uh, massacre in Pittsburgh at the Tree of Life Synagogue. And there have been, there has been an upsurge in anti-Semitic activities. Um, and, you know, the, the, the murders, the killings, the massacre, and there, there was another attempted massacre in San Diego uh, a couple of months ago. So this is not you know, this is not fictional. This is real. There really is anti-Semitism. The question is, how do you go about opposing it and, and struggling against it? Um, so these these seven these these seven out of eleven uh, uh, examples are the problem with this definition. Definition is itself is not terribly problematic. It's the the examples that are the real problem, and that's why we're opposing it because we feel basically. Um, what it does is to threaten number one free speech and freedom of expression. Uh, it's a very big threat to academic freedom and to uh, dissent on campus and off campus. And it's begun to be implemented in a number of places. Basically, this this, def this definition with its examples says that because Israel is the homeland of the Jews, of all Jews, that criticism of Israel is criticism of Jews, period. Um, I think what's important to understand is not all Jews are Zionists. Um, and number one, I mean, the, probably the largest group of Zionists in the world are Christian Zionists, right? Yeah. The U.S. Christian Zionist uh, organization numbers around 6 million people. Um, so basically they're saying that, that Jews equal Israel. And we know for a fact that this is not the case. There's been tremendous organizing over the last 10 years uh, of Jews who oppose Israel's uh, crimes against humanity and crimes against Palestinians and do not support, um, you know, an ethnocentric or exclusionary Jewish state uh, in Israel and Palestine. The only thing I wanted to say was that, you know, we see this, we see the struggle against anti-Semitism uh, the same way we see struggles against all racism, and that these struggles have to work together. Um, and you know, we have pro we have prohibitions against hate speech in this country. Why invent something new? Um, and you know, unless we as Jews are in solidarity with other groups that are targeted, nobody will be safe. If we try and place ourselves apart. Um, from other groups and claim some special, you know, position in regard to hate and discrimination and racism, um, that is not a way to win this battle. This has to be a battle that we fight together and that we support each other and that we understand, you know, that, that people are targeted differently, racialized people are targeted differently than Jews, um, and that we have to have a very, very you know, useful and workable definition of, of racism and hate that everybody can participate in. 
in the no IHR, in the IHRA definition, as you said, the the definition itself is not very problematic, but in the examples. Uh, a lot of them are related to criticism of Israel. Now, we know there's a rise of anti-Semitism, like you mentioned, and a lot of it has to do with the rise of right-wing extremists, neo-Nazis, uh, yeah. and all that. So I was wondering, did the IHRA definition include that side of it uh, in their examples? Is there examples? Because it's surprising and shocking that seven of them has to do with the uh, Israel in some way seven from the 11. So I was wondering, is there any mention of the rise of these kind of neo-Nazis uh, movements right now, right wing? No, and that's a really good point, because we know, empirically we know, that these anti-Semitic attacks, physical and otherwise, are coming from the, from the white supremacist right. They're not coming from the left, even though these examples basically target you know, anti-Zionist activities and, you know, pro-Palestine activities. And these are not, you know, campaigns that people on the right engage with, right? Mm -hmm. This is, so it's very odd and very disturbing that, you know, the, that white supremacism and the right-wing nationalists are not specifically targeted in this. We know that this is where anti-Semitism is coming from for the most part. So it really is very hypocritical in all the ways. You are the chair, as I mentioned at the beginning, you are the chair of the No IHRA Committee, and No IHRA is a campaign that was uh, that is being undertaken by IJV, IJV Canada. So can you talk to us more about this campaign? You explain why you guys um, have a problem with the definition, and so why? Uh, when did you start this campaign, and how has it been received uh, so far since it started? Okay, we started the campaign last. We started to work on it last January. We put up our our extensive website, which includes a twenty six page um, analysis of the definition and its history. Um, which Tony Lerman, who is an activist in the in the UK, who has been very very involved in this issue, says is the best explanation that he's ever seen. So we put together a lot of different documents, our own critique, uh, lobbying materials for people who want to take this issue up, and I'll talk about who we're trying to take it up with in a minute. Um, and uh, uh, testimonies by various organizations and individuals about why the IHRA is problematic. Um, we number one, we as I explained, we feel that it's going to impede all kinds of academic freedom, freedom of expression, etc. Um, and the reason we got going on it, and the reason we thought that it was really important to to push this forward is that we were, we've begun to see examples of the IHRA being invoked in order to suppress um, Palestine solidarity activities. Um, the worst location for this has been the United Kingdom. Um, people may be aware that a few months ago there was a, a ride for Palestine uh, at um, in one of the... Uh, you know, how areas of Tower Hamlet in, in Great Britain, mm -hmm. uh, in London. Um, and the it was a ride for Palestine to raise money. And it was actually denied access to public space because it was said to be an, a violation of the IHRA definition. So we're starting to see that happen. For example, in the States, more, we are hearing more and more instances of the... Uh, 
of trying to uh, shut down Palestine solidarity um, activities of various sorts. And if you dig deep, also in terms of the legislation that is coming to a lot of state uh, legislatures, uh, they all reference the IHRA definition. And these include uh, attempts to criminalize BDS, for example, a boycott, divestment, and sanctions, uh, and to actually prevent certain kinds of speech on university campuses. So we wanted to get involved with this issue before these things started to happen in Canada. Unfortunately, they have already started to happen in Canada. So we know that the, um, the, this, the ITRA was brought to the Vancouver City Council several months ago. Um, we immediately jumped in to, uh, uh, to lobby against it, and we actually had a victory there, whereas the IHRA definition was referred to their anti-racism committee, and we're very, very confident that it's going to stay there and it's not going to actually be adopted. We just got word today that the Calgary City Council is also about to vote on it, I believe on November 18th. Um, so we are just now, you know, rushing to to get our members to write letters and make statements. Um, there was also it was the ITRA was also invoked in a uh, at, in Winnipeg when they were trying to set, shut down um, Palestine solidarity or um, activities there not so long ago. So it's coming. I also just heard that the uh, president of uh, York University, Ron DeLenton, came out in support of the IHRA. And we know that York University is one of the places where Palestine Solidarity on campus has had one of its most successful, you know, runs. It's been happening there for many years. And and the fear is that if the IHRA becomes policy, particularly university campuses, what's going to happen is that student dissent will be prevented. And in fact, course content may be affected by censure uh, if it doesn't conform to the IHRA standard. So I'm a retired university professor, and I'm just thinking what would have happened had this been, you know, put into place when I was teaching, I would have had to scrap my some syllabus material of mine because it would be in violation of the IHRA. So I think you begin to see how dangerous this kind of uh, this kind of, of policy would become. And strangely enough, it is not in the actual definition. It says that it is not meant to be a legal tool. But we see it, it can be used in ways that suppress dissent and suppress speech uh, without having a legal basis, particularly in institutions. Because one of the places, the places that are being targeted, um, mostly by Israel lobbyist groups, are universities, police departments, city councils, provincial legislatures. So policies can be put in place there that aren't necessarily laws, but that would actually prevent uh, activities and speech from happening. I'm a little bit surprised. I want I want to ask about the webinar, but you mentioned Calgary. So is there uh, is there a danger there or a risk that uh, what what do you think? How if you, how you assess the situation? Do you think there you guys gonna have good news like in Vancouver, or do you think there's a risk that the Cal in Calgary they will pass it? You it? never know. Mm. You never know. Um, I think that I, I mean we're, once we get our people going, they do a pretty good job. <laughs> um, I think if I could just say one thing, and I think that 
people, like well-intentioned people, might support this because mm-hmm. they are against anti-Semitism. And I think that unless you read it carefully and understand who's behind it and with what intention, you don't really understand the intent, you know, what, what this can actually create. So, you know, I, I think that people see it and they say, yes, of course I'm against anti-Semitism. Of course I would support this. But they don't really understand the underpinnings of, of this effort. Um, because it is very, it is a lot of the, the pressure and the, the initiative is coming from the Israeli government. Um, and then that, you know, those directives are passed down to their, you know, those who support them um, around the world. And they begin the process of, of putting pressure. I mean, the other thing that I didn't mention is that um, the, the recent liberal anti-racism um, policy strategy that was announced in June, I believe, um, adopted the IHRA with all of its um, with all of the examples, hmm. which means that the Canadian government has actually adopted the IHRA. So, um, you know, but we have no idea how it's going to be implemented. Calgary, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Um, you know, hopefully, people with common sense can see that this is a is a real danger. This is actually, I mean, the, we've, several organizations and individuals have come out to condemn it. The British Columbia Civil Liberties Association has come out against the IHRA. The Center for Constitutional Rights has come out against the IHRA. Uh, the ACLU in the United States has come out against the IHRA. The guy who wrote it, Kenneth Stern, um, who actually um, teaches at uh, Bard College, uh, actually came out against the implementation of the IHRA because he felt that there was a danger of it being used to to uh, shut down free speech around Palestine. So it's you know we're not the only ones that are saying this is a problem. There there are a lot of people who are targeting it. You mentioned that um, the person who wrote it actually came out against it. So um, do you think that, uh, I don't know if we can say yes or no, because I find it surprising that the person who wrote it now is criticizing it. Do you think when it was written and all these examples that includes criticism of the state of Israel or the government, do you think initially when it's written there was, there was an intention to stifle Palestine solidarity activism and, uh, and, and Palestine solidarity speech? Was that the intention at the beginning or was just an unfortunate I, side I, effect? I, it's very hard to say. There's a very long history. It has been in the works in the European Union over several years, and then it got picked up by the IHRA organization. Um, to my knowledge, and I could be wrong, Kevin Stern, the author of the definition, was not the author of the example. Mm-hmm. These were added later, and people in your audience may remember that the uh, Labour Party in Britain, where there's been so much, you know, controversy over this um, tried it, it was brought up for adoption in the Labour Party in the UK and it was and there were opponents of course and there are those who proposed, okay let's just adopt the definition without the example and this has been tried in a few places unfortunately in the Labour Party it didn't that didn't work so they did wind up adopt, adopting the entire thing um, I don't think Kenneth Stern wrote those I don't think he intended it for the uses that are being made of this definition. Um, and he, he rightly recognizes what the pitfalls are and what 
you know, what we should be worried about in terms of the implementation of this uh, of this document. So uh, to know more about the campaign No IHRA, the, you guys have a website, noihra.ca, if people want to know more about this and support it and uh, so on. But also another way to know more about this uh, definition, why it's problematic, is the webinar that I mentioned. You guys are hosting it on November 17. And you, the speaker will be Professor Amos uh, Goldberg. Can you uh, talk to us more about uh, this professor? Who is he and what will he be talking about more particularly in the webinar? Okay, uh, Amos Goldberg is as I, as a professor of Holocaust studies at the Hebrew University. We don't normally get people of this kind of rank and caliber speaking out in this way. Amos was very involved in um, recently the anti-BDS uh, legislation in Germany and also recently in, um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking, and for the, the upcoming vote on IHRA in France. And he's been organizing academics um, to oppose this. Um, he's a very interesting guy. He is the author with uh, Bashir Bashir, another academic, uh, of a book called The Holocaust and the Nakba, which is, to my understanding, the first time that those two genocidal events have been brought together in a concerted way to think about how they're implicated in one another and how, you know, how people need to think about them together and what, you know, what, how are they different? How are they similar? How, you know, do the actors involved in, in these two historical events, um, you know, what are the implications for, for today and for the politics today? So I, he's a very serious academic, um, a very careful academic. Uh, I think people will be very informed by by what he has, what he's going to say. So uh, again, the webinar is on November 17. Um, if people uh, want to know more about the webinar and how to register, how how can they do that? Okay, they should go to noihra.ca backslash webinar. Uh, well, they're there, and you could you have to register for the webinar, so you can register there. Uh, and while you're at the No IHRA website, you can look at all the documentation that we have there, including their journal articles, there are popular articles, there are testimonies of various sorts, and there are talking points. So if anybody wants, like we've been organizing um, our members to visit their city councillors in Toronto. Um, we're going to start organizing them to visit their, uh, their MPPs uh, in Ontario. Um, so people, and, and particularly, we're particularly interested for academics and students to take this fight to their universities, and particularly the, the Equity and Diversity Office, the President's Office. As I said, I think it's very easy to, you know, unthinkingly support the IHRA because you are against anti-Semitism, as hopefully a lot of people are. Um, without understanding what really the implications of the entire definition are. It's interesting to want uh, to call people, especially in academic uh, circles, especially in Canada, because we do have a, uh, a healthy, let's say, and very active student uh, activism happening uh, in academic spaces. So uh, it's very worrying that my, this uh, definition might uh, affect that. 
Oh, absolutely. It, it, it really worries me. It, it most, I, I think that of all the institutions, you know, that will be affected by this, academia worries me the most, not just because that's, where, you know, where I came from, <laughs> but because, you know, this is where ideas take root. This is where people can learn about alternative narratives around uh, Israel-Palestine. This is where, as you said, a lot of students, um, you know, voice their protest about issues of all kinds. And the Palestine Solidarity Movement on campus has been very, very significant. I mean, um, Israel Apartheid Week, which started in Toronto, has been ongoing now for many years. You know, I like to say that they tried to kill it and they couldn't and they didn't. Um, But I think with a tool like the IHRA definition, there may be more efforts made to stop events like like Israel Apartheid Week or certain kinds of speakers or or demonstrations or organizations on campus. Um, and this would be unconscionable. I, I, I think that I think there would be a lot of pushback around that, but it, it's really hard to say what would happen. And and we just we do not know what the consequences will be. So even though they say it's not legally binding, we know that that really doesn't apply if it's being adopted by an organization, by, by a, you know, a university, a city council, who can then implement policies that actually shut down free speech, that shut down protest, etc. With us on the phone, Cheryl Nestel. Cheryl is a member of the National Steering Committee of IJV Canada. IJV stands for Independent Jewish Voices Canada. Their website is ijvcanada.org. Cheryl is also the chair of the No IHRA Committee. The website of the No IHRA campaign is noihra.ca. Cheryl was talking about a webinar IJV Canada is hosting on November 17 called What's Wrong with the New IHRA Redefinition of Anti-Semitism? Professor Amos Goldberg will be talking during the webinar. So again, to register to uh, this webinar, go to noihra.ca and click on webinar in the top menu and you'll be able to register. And also on the website, you can find a lot about this topic as well if you want to get introduced more to it. Do you have anything else to add before we kind of end uh, this this interview? Anything you want to kind of mention? It's such a complicated topic and it involves so much reading and so much study that you know, boiling it down to a soundbite is, is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it, it really is very threatening for a lot of people. And, and we need to, you know, as, as we say on the website, you know, anti-Semitism is a real problem, but the IHRA definition is not the way to fight it. Thank you very much, Cheryl, for talking to us today. My great pleasure. My name is Sausan Kadura, and you are listening to Under the Olive Tree.